You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Welcome back, everyone, to Real Presence Live. One hour is in the can on this Thursday, and another hour just about to begin. Father James Gross and Father Jason Leffer joining you, priests of the Diocese of Fargo, from our Grand Forks studios today. And we are arriving at my favorite part of our broadcast. I don't know how it is for you, but I just absolutely love having uh, Nancy Gord and uh, Father Slattery on to talk about um, just Nancy chooses these incredible pieces of literature that are so stimulating. And we really have some powerful stuff on tap this morning. Yes, indeed. And it's really going to resonate with one of the examples you gave during our last Straight Talk segment about how your dad was calling out to you and your brother at the early hours of the morning to start uh, with chores. So in in, in um, interest of full disclosure, both of your humble hosts here grew up in dairy farm families. So uh, we'll have an extra way of relating to the topic coming up. You know, and I have to say this. So uh, uh, Jack and Doreen Canelli were announcing about a month ago, and they, they had given away that these were going to be there, letting people know so that they could be part of this. And so I, I jumped on. I know I had read this before, but I had kind of forgotten about it. And I sat down, and it, it's very short, and so read it. And I, I have to humbly admit, I was in tears by the time I was at the end of it. So this is I'm excited for this this morning. Yes, yes. So without any further ado, let's uh, bring Nancy Gord into the conversation. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. And uh, we are going to be joined uh, very shortly by Father William Slattery, and we're going to be visiting with him as well. But uh, let's get things uh, rolling with you here. If you could just give a brief introduction to these uh, works of literature that we're going to be diving into. Of course, I'd be happy to. Now, in terms of the story, Christmas Day in the Morning, a story by Pearl Buck, Um, You know, it's a flashback to a Christmas gift the narrator gave his father when he was 15 years old and living and working with his family on their dairy farm. And they're people of limited means, and and after overhearing his father speak of the toll the morning milking takes on his growing boy, he fully realizes and feels the love and concern his father has for him. So he decides as a Christmas Day gift for his father to get up very early and do all the milking alone. And, of course, there is that symbolic link to a stable that was the setting of an amazing act of love, and that's not lost on the boy. Now, he Mm -hmm. anticipates with delight his father's finding all the hard work done, and um, upon discovering the love-filled labor, uh, the astonished father is filled with gratitude and says that this is a gift that will be remembered always. And yeah. um, the story speaks of the significance and meaning of, of good work and the incredible gift that it's love. And, wait, and hold on. And Nancy, you forgot the end part where it actually flows over into his current life and his relationship with his wife then. So the gift keeps on giving. Right. It is a flashback. And of course, this, and, and this is what's so great about love is the, the fact that it can be shared and it can be continued. And so at the end of the story, he sits down to write a love-filled letter to his wife on that present-day Christmas. Yeah. And before we go on any further with these uh, works of literature, we also want to bring into the conversation Father William Slattery, who serves as the chaplain to Shanley High School and Sullivan Middle School in South Fargo. Welcome back to Real Presence Live, Father. Good morning, Father Gross. Thank you. Great, great. It's great to have both of you with us today. So, so, um, 
so so Nancy, I know you and Father have it broken down. So who who's going to lead us off now into the Christmas Day in the morning? Well, uh, after the synopsis, wherever Father would you know like to go with it, and and I will respond. Um, I do want to mention the poem those Sunday mornings. It contrasts with that a little bit, even though it also speaks of a love. And perhaps a little later, um, after Father's comments about the story, uh, if you would allow me to recite it, because it's very brief, and maybe the listeners yes, would like to hear Yes, please do so. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, thank you, Nancy. And uh, I know when talking about uh, both of these works of literature, uh, one of the connections that we were looking at was both uh, the idea of winter. We're all stuck in the, the dull drums of winter, even though this has been a nice, mild one, <laughs> and there hasn't been uh, that... Uh, northerly blast of, uh, of cold wind uh, that usually comes. But uh, one of the things that was also a connection between two, both of the pieces was the act of love, especially uh, the importance of the, the love of the Father. And uh, being the year of St. Joseph, uh, as we meditate with the Church upon that gift of fatherly love and how it fosters us into experience of God's grace, we thought that both of these works uh, were great examples of how that love transforms the individual, um, and really places an imprint of, uh, of God's goodness in our, in our lives. And uh, going back to the story of the Christmas Day in the morning, uh, one of the things I find uh, most uh, dramatic is the change that happens in the boy. And uh, from being a moral theologian, my perspective is usually in that area of life. <laughs> and uh, there's the transformation in which he says that uh, at the end, uh, when his dad is, is finally kind of seen the gift he's given him, he's come into his bed and, you know, has roused him, and he's kind of sitting there excited, waiting to hear his voice of the Father say, you know, kind of with shock, the work is already done. Um, you know, comes back, the Father hugs him, and the boy says, you know, I want you to know, Dad, I love you, and I want to be good. Uh, mm-hmm. And that that's a, a kind of important note in this uh, in this little story that the the act of, of love and that sacrifice leads towards a desire uh, for for love for more for the uh, performing good works and yeah. uh, that's uh, it's kind of something that's very innate in us mm-hmm. that uh, there needs to be kind of acquiring of our youth of this experience of love for us to to be morally formed uh, to desire to do good things. One of the things that came to my mind with this short story, and it's called uh, Christmas Day in the Morning by Mm -hmm. Pearl S. Buck, is that um, uh, several years ago, uh, there was a series um, that became uh, quite popular throughout uh, especially Christian communities in the United States by uh, a psychologist, Dr. Gary Chapman, called The Five Love Languages. And a lot of engaged couples would work on those particular exercises to discover which one of five different things would be their primary love language and when you look at one of those being acts of service you know you can tell how with certain people with the way that they're made and their how they're wired so to speak that that really becomes something that uh, that speaks powerfully to them and that's the opportunity that uh, father and son are, are both taking you might say in that story mm-hmm. now, right and and it kind of matches you know you talk about daily chores that are duties and responsibilities. If you've grown up on a dairy farm, and you have, you know that the cows have got to be milked every single day, whether you feel like it or not. <laughs> that is the responsibility that is that is ongoing. 
and these daily chores that actually become acts of service and ultimately of love. And they may stem just from responsibility, but actually they're doing service to others. You know, and uh, so Father Slattery, as you you were describing uh, that relationship between the father and son, I mean, it's I, I, it's probably it was probably Pearl's intention, or maybe not. And if it isn't, it's it's the act of the Holy Spirit. But obviously, this is, there's such a, a Paschal connection here to the Paschal mystery of the father and the son, and the the work perform and the the sacrifice and the father receiving the son and and the love being received and then giving forth to new life even generations later between the son and his wife. Um, I mean, I, I, anyway, that's, it seems so obvious to me, and I, I, I think that's, that's a very obvious theme here in this. Yeah, I think uh, that's definitely one of the you know, ways we can, def- we can read the, the story. Um, and I know I think of, like, you know, uh, J.R. Tolkien has an essay on this about kind of those dramatic themes of history, and he causes it kind of the the Eucharistic theme of history, that uh, there's this kind of continued outpouring of, of sacrifice and love that leads towards uh, uh, the gift of transformation and change. And we celebrate that so much in our own daily life and, and how we pray and our daily liturgy. And uh, and so you can definitely see that that aspect. And it's made very clear, I think, in the, in the work with that connection of uh, the Christmas Day and the service in the barn, as Nancy said. You know, at one point, the boy... Ask the father, "What's a, what is a manger?" And the father says, "Oh, it's, it's a barn like ours." Right? So there's a kind of a unique connection there. You know, and I was thinking too, it, it strikes like as priests, like the pastoral connection when, you know, somebody. So often we end up relating to people because of their woundedness, you know, or their uh, their brokenness, or trying to understand it, or come to terms with it, or turn it into something that works for them. And, and I was just thinking of, you know, in this again, there's such a powerful so much going on here but you know often i've heard it said that god allows wounds in us and and we call it the divine wound like he'll he'll allow there to be this divine wound or this divine aching or this emptiness and and you can kind of see that between the father and the son that they're they're he's meant to receive love from the father and the father is meant to give love uh, to the son you know and, and so many of us in our relationships with especially the parental relationships there's wounds there there's woundedness and and we can often like condemn ourselves because of them or fill them or try to avoid them or take care of them or try to survive through them and it just the story just shows how like that that wound or that aching like daddy i just want to be good you know kind of that it's actually this invitation this opportunity to to receive the incredible divine love of god the father and how very fortunate that the father and the son got to have this memorable experience. Not, I mean, we don't all have that opportunity, unfortunately. And that speaks, the poem speaks of that a little bit, that there wasn't that opportunity to express that shared love. You know, Nancy, could you for a moment just speak about why literature is so important? I mean, I think, I think you just gave us the reason why literature is so absolutely important, because we can't all have these same experiences, but through literature it's recreated for us, right? Oh, absolutely. And some of them turn out to be shared experiences that we totally recognize the situation. And whether they're good experiences or not, in the poem, the poignancy of it to me was the son never recognized it or knew the father's love you know he said what did i know and 
that's poignant. You know, that touches us as well because we think of all those times. I mean, transcendent literature that lasts through the ages. I mean, it speaks constantly to this human condition. You know, Nancy, we we have to take a break here, but before we go, there's just enough time. Could you recite the poem for us or our listeners to hear it and think about it before we come back on the other side of the break? I'd be happy to. Okay. The title of the poem is Those Sunday Mornings, written by Robert Hayden. Sundays, too, my father got up early and put his clothes on in the blue-black cold. Then with cracked hands that ached from labor in the work weekday weather made thanked fires blaze. No one ever thanked him. I'd wake and hear the cold splintering, breaking. When the rooms were warm, he'd call, and slowly I would rise and dress, fearing the chronic angers of that house, speaking indifferently to him who had driven out the cold and polished my good shoes as well. What did I know? What did I know of love's austere and lonely offices? Lovely, and that's where we're going to pick things up as we come back after this break, as we continue to talk about these two great uh, short poems and short stories with Nancy Gord and Father Slattery. On the other side of this break, you're listening to Real Presence Live. Live, engaging, and local, this is Real Presence Live where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. Mayo Pharmacy in Bismarck is a faith-based pharmacy committed to delivering excellent care. We're pro-life and pro-family, respecting the dignity of the human person while providing for your individual needs. We have Catholic gifts for all ages, from mystic monk coffee to cards and crucifixes. Plus, we offer a wide range of clinical services, including rapid influenza testing and diabetes care management. You can visit us at 303 North 4th Street to discover the Mayo difference. Our number is 701-223-2424. For more than 20 years, the University of Mary has watched students thrive through a affordable, flexible, and formative online education programs. Now, we are delighted to announce the expansion of these offerings with the robust portfolio of advanced education options created intentionally for the Catholic working professional. Our programs offer accelerated formats with classes beginning every five weeks throughout the year and the potential for a return on your investment in the very first year. Visit us at catholicprofessional.life. Rose Management is a family-owned business that believes in good morals, doing the right thing, and treating our residents as family. Rose Management provides affordable housing to complexes throughout North Dakota and Minnesota. All Rose Management properties and our maintenance staff are in a centralized location in their cities. If you have any questions, you can call 701-237-6840 or online at rosemanagement.net. Again, that number is 701-237-6840. Hi, this is Dr. Ryan Sapo with Lumen Vision in Fargo. Lumen Vision provides eye exams for the whole family and specialty services like vision therapy and custom contact lenses. We offer a variety of frames with missions you can believe in, like Moto Eyewear, which gives away a pair of glasses to a child in need for every frame sold. We are so grateful for your support and grateful to be supporting RPR. You can learn more about our mission at lumen.vision. Lumen Vision is a proud sponsor of the Real Presence Radio Network. You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter 
and be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network with Father Gross and Father Leffer, priests of the Diocese of Fargo, North Dakota, joining you for our Grand Forks studios. This is a good time to remind you of our website, yourcatholicradiostation.com, and and what they offer in terms of uh, joining with your brothers and sisters in prayer in case you've just recently stumbled onto our uh, network here at Real Presence Radio. You can uh, join in prayer requests, and you can keep track of the schedule of programming. We have a lot of great programs, uh, both national and locally produced, as well as uh, daily mass and other devotions like the Chaplet of Divine Mercy and the Holy Rosary, uh, things that really help augment people's faith life and and have been a great help, I'm sure, to many people in the last few months. It's a light in the darkness. Absolutely. So that that website, yourcatholicradiostation.com. And uh, we're going to continue our discussion here as we have Nancy Gord and Father William Slattery with us. We just heard uh, this uh, short poem, Those Winter Sundays, by Robert Hayden, and um, whichever one of you wants to dive in and start uh, dissecting this for us in terms of uh, some of the, um, the, the impacts and the things that really strike you and stay with you about this work. Well, I, I just, I'll just kind of mention to, to start us off here on our discussion of the poem, but I like so much about it is the contrast of getting, and we all know that blue black cold mm-hmm. that is in a house that is not yet warmed up to the day. And the fact that the father is getting up and in a way sort of breaking the ice in, in, in the lake, in the water, so that things can flow and the day can begin. And he doesn't call the sun until it's warm. That, and then he shines the sun's shoes you know, ostensibly for going to church. And, you know, the, the getting kind of the spiritual into it a little bit more in what is a very daily thing. But that repeated question, what did I know? What did yeah. I know of love's austere and lonely offices? Is a haunting thing for those of us who regrettably never showed our appreciation to the people who did such work for us. It, it, it's such a stark contrast. This one and, and the first Christmas day in the morning, where um, we were just we were just aching for there to be a word of thanks or a word of love between the father and son in this one. No, and it doesn't happen. The son realizes much later the significance of that, those acts. Right. Uh, I, I like how. Yeah, I was just going to say, Nancy. I like how there's a, a juxtaposition between the, um, the, uh, the the labors of the father and just the the harsh realities um, of life, and and how the author uses language. Uh, you know, the chronic angers of that house, the splintering and breaking of the cold, and things like that. It's a it, you know the language that he uses is is quite arresting. Oh, it is, and it's it's a beautiful poem, and I think. Uh, one thing that, that scares students sometimes is like, you know, we read these poems and I'm just so afraid I'm not going to get them. You just get this one. Yeah. And he uses beautiful language and imagery. And those of us who know what it's like, that blue-black cold, who know what it's like as a young person not wanting to get out of bed, not wanting to rise to the day. And, you know, he uses the word indifferent yeah. when he was young. Which, which contrasts so much to, you know, the short story 
that mm-hmm. there is this joy and, and common bond that is, that's expressed. Uh, that right. are expressed, and in the second one, you don't you don't get any of that. There's there's this tinge of regret, almost like trying in some way to explain. You know, well, what did I know? You know, I was I was a kid. I didn't yeah. know of such things. This the sluggishness of our human nature, you might say, is is given uh, um, you know a, a highlight here. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, there's a, a a nice connection in the fact that both of them are reflections on past events and past examples of love but yeah mm-hmm. there's a definite difference in uh how that that memory works in the person and the one it's kind of a motivation for the continued active love and service for the wife uh, and the other um in the poem uh it is kind of this this sense of a haunting regret as nancy pointed out and uh yeah i just i think looking at both acts um you see the sun and in the Christmas day in the morning doing that sacrificial work kind of once. Um, and, and, and in the story about the winter Sunday, the poem, it's, uh, it's the father's kind of priestly service in a real way. Like, I love that phrase, the, the, the lonely offices of love that uh, kind of reminds me of the kind of early mornings as being a priest of getting up and unlocking the church, and making sure that everything is there. Uh, for those that are, are going to come Offering morning later. prayer before the sun is up, yes. Father Slattery, as a moral theologian, can you, could you speak, I think you just uh, revealed something very important to us, and that's God's gift of memory to us, and how, because memory plays a very important role in both of these, and w- what does memory, the gift of memory that God's given us, have to do with moral theology and the opportunity to be redeemed? Well, I think if you look to um, Pope Benedict XVI wrote uh, a little short document on conscience, and he talks about um, one of the things that moves our conscience is the living memory, the anamnesis of uh, of, of God's work of salvation, and uh, and so memory is, is something that can move us morally because it links into God's paschal sacrifice. Um, we talk about even in the in the prayer of the liturgy um, after the after the right. canon and um, the Eucharistic the prayer, prayers, right. the Eucharistic mm-hmm. prayers are all memorial prayers of what he has done that bring us to an encounter with God's grace that is eternally present. And so there's a there's a, a very uh, strange quality of memory that's always alive and, and able then to uh, move and motivate us for the future. And amnesis, I think that's our Jeopardy word for the day, isn't it, Father? We try to crank a few out. To- you know what, so in, in a way, you could say like these, both these stories are Eucharistic in that sense, where amnesis literally means being taken, you know, through the power of memory, you're being taken back into, you're actually made present to the sacrifice. Yep. You're actually made present in a living way. Not that it, it didn't happen back there, it's happening right now, and you're actually participating in it at this moment. And, it, and somehow in eternal glory, the, the memory and the moment become one, and, and it's realized in the fullness. You know? and this, so these two works of literature here, I mean, they're, you can really say they're Eucharistic in that sense. They're, they're, they're bringing that power to be just through the experience of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think they really do then show that commonality of all of us. And like all of us may not have that same experience, but we do have those shared experiences of our family, and we're good or bad, but they do uh, move us to uh, kind of the choices we make now and 
also the hope of, of transformation and change of what should be there. As you said earlier, Father Leffert, like that desire for the love of the Father that should fill us. Mm-hmm. Well, Nancy and Father, we just have a, a couple of minutes left with you in this segment, segment sadly, but um, we'd like to hear a little bit about what you've got cooking for us the next time you're going to uh, appear on Real Presence Live. What, uh, what uh, literature are you working on next? Well, I'll let Father uh, discuss it because I think he's actually taught it, but um, I'm excited about the next election. So, Father Flattery, if you want to speak to the nature of the work. Yes, uh, so the next uh, book will be, uh, since we're kind of beginning the season of Lent in, in February, we always start with uh, Ash Wednesday, which will be the 17th this year. Um, we're going to begin kind of a, a little read-through of, uh, of C.S. Lewis, Lewis's work, The Great Divorce, which is uh, a kind of a fascinating meditation upon uh, the the change of, of what it looks like for the eternal states of life both heaven and, and hell, and uh, some of the, the aspects from the human perspective of what it involves to experience uh, the, the union with God and what are the things that trap us in this uh, state of, of uh, eternal kind of punishment or disunion with God. And we were um, speaking off error just a, a moment ago about how uh, versatile of a um, writer C.S. Lewis was, that many people in recent years have come uh, become familiar with him because of the uh, Chronicles of Narnia and, and other sorts of uh, fiction. Um, uh, but uh, w- when you look at uh, how he really uh, made his bones, you know, it's in the areas of theology in the mid-20th century in Great Britain. Yes, Absolutely. and uh, this is a good, this is a great, nice, accessible book. We did it with actually with our eighth graders uh, this year, and they had this wonderful experience of of going through it. And uh, at the end, they had to do some projects. Uh, like one was, you know, rewriting the end because some of them thought the end was, uh, was uh, just they didn't like it. <laughs> Which is oh funny. my! I'm sure they but, had their uh, opinions. They really got into yes. <laughs> They do, yeah, yeah. But I hope everyone enjoys it, and please join us uh, in reading along in our next. Uh, broadcast, which will be uh, that week of Ash Wednesday. Yep, go ahead, Father. I I was just going to say again, I I just cannot... compliment both of you enough and what important role you play here that that we just we cannot promote good literature enough and that this is this has become one of my absolute favorite moments in real presence live is when we we bring these good works of literature to light and especially i mean nancy you're my hero i mean you're just oh. i i wish i could have had you as a, as a teacher actually um just your insights your love your passion and just to be able to take these very incredible things and bring them in in, in such a, a a palatable way and and you as well father slattery so we we are so gifted to have access to you and your your incredible talent and insights and we're just so grateful yeah. well thank you very much it's a joy to be here and yes we definitely uh, had better end on that high note so father william slattery and nancy gord thank you so much for joining us and we'll look forward to your appearance uh, next month sounds perfect Fantastic. Well, we're going to step aside for a break here at the bottom of the hour, but we're going to uh, visit uh, Remembrances of Marches for Life and that expression of uh, promoting the pro-life cause with a brother priest of ours in the Diocese of Fargo. That's coming up right after the break. You're listening to Real Presence Live. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, 
and live on the Real Presence Radio Network.